Good to see you and be with you this morning. Before we jump into our sermon in John 15, I will first share a brief announcement with us as well. Um, you're probably announcemented, announcemented out by this point, but just one more, so please bear with me. You have heard me share that Soma can be best described as a hospital. <clears throat> We welcome all people from all walks of life to experience the healing power of Jesus and invite them to be joined into our family. But we cannot accomplish being a hospital unless we demonstrate hospitality. Who here likes to host people in their home? The constant tension between Lindsay and I is that We both love to host, but when I host, it has to be a big party. For Lindsay, just a small, intimate gathering is is, is good enough for her. But we both love to host. For me, it's go big or go home. Who here has had bad hosting experiences? (laughs) The, The food didn't turn out great. The conversations were shallow. They stayed way too long. Or sometimes you felt that you were not hospitable enough to them. I experienced each one of those at one point. The Bible defines hospitality as loving strangers. That's that's how the Bible describes it. People who love strangers. And when you host people in your home for a meal or for an extended period of time, you go out of your way to prepare your home for them. You anticipate their arrival. You, you prepare your mind to get ready for this two, three hour or a few days of welcoming them in. You prepare your dining table for this grand event. At least that's what I do. Anything short of your guests experiencing love, laughter, and connection would be a meal or a stay gone wrong. Is Soma your home? If so, then this space is your home. And we are sitting in our dining room. And God kindly brings guests to our home all the time. And you and I have a sacred responsibility to welcome them when they come into this building and hosting them in your home beyond these walls. So starting this month, we're asking for you to step up your hospitality with this family. I want to invite you to make room in your dining room for guests that come to Soma. Make it a priority to pursue an unknown face. Don't let someone walk past you that that you don't know. We also want you to consider making room in your own house for them. So How we're going to do this is that Juliana Kirschman, is Juliana in the room? There's Juliana. She leads our greeting team. She's looking for you. She's looking for a couple of households every month to sign up for, 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 for those who would be willing to make room in their home to welcome future guests at SOMA. We'll be working together with Juliana's team and working together with you to be able to find new folks 
And if you can't get to them first, the, the, connecting, the greeting team will find them for you. How does that sound? All right. And that's how we're going to kick off 2023. So my sermon today is called, Will You Love Each Other? Please turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 15. And we're going to read the first 17 verses together. John was one of Jesus' disciples. And he was Jesus' best friend. His closest friend on earth. We're going to read chapter 15 of John's account of the life of his best friend and our God Jesus. Would you stand with me as we read God's word to us? I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, You may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you, even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. These are the words of Jesus. Please have a seat. I want to start by asking a question. What are the key qualities here on the east side? What are the key qualities of the culture here on the east side? In my one year here, I think I can confidently say we're a community of people who live in isolation, chasing after financial independence, which really has no end in mind. 
And we're a people who work so hard so we can have ultimate control over our livelihood. This is the ordinary way of living here in King County. The east side is a community of broken people, like shattered glass or a shattered dish. The east side is an empty community where not many people are satisfied and where many people are alone. Whether they appear to be alone or not, internally they are alone, in despair. And while this is the ordinary climate we live in here, Jesus calls His people to an extraordinary way of living. A kind of living that will bring hope and life and joy and fulfillment to us. As East Side residents, Jesus gives us an identity that can make us whole because of what was accomplished on the cross. And if you believe this truth, that you have received Jesus' forgiveness because He died the death you deserve and silenced the power of sin over your life because God raised Him from the dead, then you no longer need to live as shattered glass. He will make us into a new kind of masterpiece, glued together by gold, like in Japanese art called Kintsugi Pottery. Anyone ever heard of Kintsugi Pottery? Pretty cool, huh? You keep the same body with all the acne and odor. But you have Him. And you go from being broken and isolated to being made whole and beautiful in His sight. The broken pieces of your life are being healed. And Jesus becomes your chief joy and satisfaction in life. Everything you do is to honor Jesus with your life. Because God got whacked on a cross for you. And when Jesus enters our lives in this way, we will never see our relationships the same way ever again. We will no longer see our relationships as necessary for our personal evolutionary survival to help us succeed in life. Rather, we will see our Christian relationships as God's gift to us to make us more like Jesus in every way. And in this passage in John 15, Jesus commands us to love each other and pursue Him together through remaining in Him, bearing fruit, and being filled with joy. True Christian friendships, they hurt together, they serve together, they work together, they forgive each other, and they aim toward the common goal of desperately wanting to be like Jesus and to be close with our Heavenly Father. And that is what it means to be His disciple. What is a disciple of Jesus? At Soma, we are disciples who seek Jesus and inhabit the east side with His saving power and presence. We want God's power to be unleashed through His people as we present ourselves together in every dark space across the east side. In our homes, in our neighbors' homes, in our gyms, in our restaurants, in our schools, and in your jobs. A disciple of Jesus is a contributor before he is a consumer. And we want God's power to be unleashed through his people as we present ourselves together 
in this building. As lovers of strangers. Imagine if Christians went to church with the posture of, how can I bless this church with my time, talents, and treasure? Instead of the common American consumer behavior that asks, what can this church do for me? Why has God brought you here today? Can you imagine what we can accomplish for God's kingdom with the kind of power that is in this room? Can you imagine what we could do with that power if we work together on Sundays and throughout the week? So as we prepare ourselves for this new year, we can take to heart Jesus' words when He challenges us in John 15 that loving each other will radically change our lives. We're going to talk about three things to get us ready for this year based on this passage. While our culture lives in isolation, Jesus commands us to love each other by remaining in Him together. While our culture works so hard for control, Jesus commands us to love each other by bearing fruit together. And while our culture is pervasively alone and in despair, Jesus commands us to love each other by being filled with joy together. The first way loving each other changes our lives is by remaining in Jesus together. There is no other option for following Jesus than to remain in Him together. Don't pursue this life in isolation. Proverbs 18.1 states that whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. How are you living your Christian life? How many days of the week are you in community with your brothers and sisters in Christ to grow as a follower of Jesus? As a brand new Christian, I remember being seriously hurt by another Christian in 2007. And because I was so hurt and I was a brand new Christian, I didn't know I didn't even know that the Bible was, was God's Word at the time. But because I was so wounded, I just went right back to my old friends. Got high with them again every day. And became a, a, a porn addict on steroids. It was the darkest two years of my life. But that would be the last time I ever isolate myself from God's people. Because the safest place to be is in community with God's people. And the scariest place to be is running on your own. What is holding you back from being in community? We have 10 missional communities all across the east side here. And they're listed on the back side of your announcement sheet if you picked one up as you walked in. Let me encourage you to join one. Let me encourage you to remain in Jesus together with this family. Because coming here on Sundays won't cut it. Remain in Jesus together. Jesus is the true grapevine. And God the Father is the gardener. And if Jesus is the vine, then Christians are the branches. The branches are all connected to the same vine growing together. 
And there are branches that are cut off because they chose not to remain in Jesus. In other words, the the branches that were cut off were pretenders. They showed some interest in Jesus. But ultimately, they, they, they didn't like what he was offering. In the same book of the Gospel of John, John shares another account of Jesus' life in chapter 6. When Jesus performed a miracle where thousands of people were fed with five loaves of bread and two fish. They loved that Jesus did this miracle and gave them a ton of free food. But when Jesus started to talk about eternal life by believing in Him, calling Himself the true bread from heaven that can fulfill them in a way that nothing in this life could fulfill, they abandoned Him. When He says to them, I am the bread of life, if you come to Me, you will never hunger ever again. And I will give you rivers of living water overflowing from you. You will never be thirsty again. Are you hungry this morning? Are you thirsting for more because of dissatisfaction in your life? Because of your circumstances? I invite you to go to the bread of life. To be full from the bread from heaven. They abandoned him. And John says that many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. They were branches that were cut off. They never believed. Rather, they were pretenders. They loved what Jesus had to offer when it was convenient for them. Free food! But when it became difficult, they abandoned him. And they abandoned Jesus' people. Are you unsure of what we are doing here? You may like what Jesus has to offer through His people who are remaining in Him together, but maybe you don't believe in the bread from heaven that can save your life and nourish your soul. The community is cozy. The food and drink is great. At least at my MC, that's how it is. But any credit that we can attribute to what is happening here solely belongs to the crucified Savior who gave us this family that He purchased at the expense of His own life, given to us so that we may remain in Him together and welcome anyone who wants to meet Jesus. And what about you, Christian? Are you ready to settle in and remain in Jesus together? Will you remain in Jesus with your brothers and sisters so you can experience the fullness of God in your life? The second way loving each other changes our lives is by bearing fruit together. What does Jesus mean when he says fruit? Whenever fruit is talked about in the Bible, it is often referring to someone's character or what God accomplishes through them because of their character. For example, the author Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote in one of his letters to a church in modern day Turkey that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. One way of bearing fruit in this life as a Christian means to grow in our character, 
to be more like Jesus and to increasingly depend on Jesus for our very existence. Jesus says to remain in Him. And if we remain in Him, we will bear much fruit. And so bearing fruit is to be more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more patient, more kind, more faithful, more gentle, and be more self-controlled. And the only way we can bear this kind of fruit is to obey Jesus' command, which is to love each other. How can you grow in bearing fruit if you are not in social environments? How can you possess those characteristics and grow in them if you are not in a social environment? I mean, you could try just doing the dance and working your nine to five and coming home, eating dinner, binging Netflix, and then doing, doing it all over again the next day and the next day. How much of the fruit of the Spirit is being worked on during those times? No, should you forget that. Me and JC were like this. I got my relationship with him and that's, that's all I need. Sure, I, I, I agree that Jesus is all we need to survive in this life, ultimately. But to grow from a baby Christian to a mature Christian, there's only one track that Jesus has laid out. And that is to be in community with other Christians who take Jesus seriously. Jesus is saying, if you are my disciple then your only aim in life is to be like me and the only way you can accomplish that is to do it with the people I gave to you. If you're not in community with other believers, then it is safe to say with confidence that your spiritual growth has been put on pause. Go all in on investing in your character for Jesus Christ. Jesus left his kingdom to put on a skin suit, allowed himself to be put on death row, allowed himself to die on a cross, and God the Father then raised him from the dead so that he can replace your heart of stone with a new heart that is filled with the fruit of the Spirit so that you live the rest of your lives with God and you bear fruit in God's community by seeing your life transformed in character And in seeing conversions. This is the pattern of life Jesus has laid out for us. When he says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We remain in Jesus together. We bear fruit together. And the world will see it. Some will mock us. Some will see Jesus in us and they would want and they want and God will draw them and they will be part of our family. To be a Christian means you have total access to becoming the most complete human being. And complete human beings spend the rest of their lives becoming more like Jesus in every way, in community with God's people. So that their reliance on God grows and their reliance on each other grows. Bearing fruit together is one of the most loving things we can do for each other. But it can also be a painful endeavor. 
Jesus says that the Father prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. When we as Christians are living in unrepentant sin, God will prune us until we let go of anything that competes with Him. But when we are not willing to grow through the means of community, God will prune us until we let go of anything that is sweeter than being known by our family. Just just consider what Jesus is saying here in John's Gospel. Jesus says in John 13, I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. He says again in John 15, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And again, a few verses later, he says, This is my command. Love each other. Are you known today? Sometimes I think this is the most painful part of living here in King County on the east side. Not being known. Being known, but not being known. We are not known. We are not seen. We are invisible. And because we are invisible, the reaction is not to run to God or run to the people of God, the family of God. The reaction is Eastsiders strive to be invincible. We fill up our schedules with activities and performance. And we show all the lovely things that we are doing on social media or in our conversations. Our version of bearing fruit is to control everything around us. The goal of life for an east sider is not to be like Jesus, relying on Him and His people to bear fruit. The goal of life is to be successful, independent, and autonomous. I think the average east sider ultimately lives for the self. And in effect, they are never seen by anyone or known by anyone. Are you seen today? Sometimes sometimes when I'm speaking to someone and I have a and they're sharing their heart with me, sometimes the only words I have to say that are good enough is I see you. I see I I don't understand what you're going through. I can't, I can't even begin to imagine. But I just want you to know that I see you. I see you, Nick. I see you, Colleen. To be known by someone means they have access to your heart. When was the last time someone lovingly shared criticism about your character? Or better yet, when was the last time you were looking for it? Hey, I, we've been doing life together for a couple of months, a year. We've been doing life together for 10 years. You probably have some opinions about me. Many of you are in community, but still don't want to be known. Some of you are leaders, and you're not known. 
Some of you are leaders and you are not even truly known by your spouse or significant other. What would it look like for you to start becoming known so you can begin to grow towards spiritual maturity? You can start by asking your community to tell you how you are tracking with the fruit of the Spirit. Ask them if they see any of these characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit in you. This is what a disciple of Jesus is called to do. This is what godly leadership looks like when we are leading from a position of weakness. Will you love each other so that you can bear fruit together? And if no one sees you, Jesus sees you. He sees all of you. He knows the pain that you are holding in your heart. You are never alone if you have Jesus Christ in your life. The third way loving each other changes our lives is by being filled with joy together. This is how we obtain joy as Christians. Jesus says, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Loving each other is the key to being filled with joy. In the same way Jesus was filled with joy by obeying the commandment of loving his disciples through remaining in the Father and bearing fruit together, true followers of Jesus remain in Jesus. They bear fruit together and they are being filled with joy together. We are filled with joy not by loving each other in order to earn God's approval. We are filled with joy because we are already loved by God. And because we are already loved by God, we love Him and we love each other. Bible scholar D.A. Carson writes in his commentary on John that by an unbreakable chain, love for God is tied to and verified by love for other believers. How are you doing at loving God? You can simply check. If you're wondering, you can simply check by how well you are loving God's people. That's what Carson is telling us here. That's what Jesus is saying in John 15. If you are lacking at remaining in Jesus together, if you are lacking in bearing fruit together, then you are lacking in loving God. Are you feeling alone and in despair? Will you start to love your brothers and sisters and experience joy? I'm going to ask Frank and Beth to come forward now. And they're going to lead us to prepare for how we're going to respond to Jesus today and for the rest of this year. Will you love each other by remaining in Him together this year? Will you love each other by bearing fruit together this year? And will you love each other by being filled with joy together this year? Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for for loving us. For modeling what it means to love deeply. That goes past the superficial. That goes past the surface. But you have given us the opportunity to access 
one another's hearts. Thank you for the for your spirit that you've given us to to minister to one another, to encourage each other, to exhort each other. Lord, I pray that this year in 2023 we would be a people more in love with you and more devoted to each other in every way as a family. May we be truly hospitable this year, Lord. May we reach the east side with the love of Jesus and the hope of the gospel. Lord, may we see more men, women, and children this year encounter a loving, saving, life-altering relationship with your son. We plead with you, Lord, would you move across the east side? Would you change hearts, Father? And would you first change our heart this morning? Would you reorient our hearts and our minds back to you? Thank you for this family. I'm so grateful for Soma Eastside. In Jesus' name, amen.